1: to inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. And secondly, share experiences from tech entrepreneurs like you about what is required to create a remarkable software business and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. The guest on my podcast today is David Hoya, co-founder and chief innovation officer at Loro.
0: I got inspired by Stephen Hawking he inspired me, actually, personally and professionally. And I do believe there are many people like Stephen Hawking out there. They are just missing accessible technology to be yep. the next Stephen Hawking, to be the next engineer, designer, whatever they want to be. There are many people like Stephen Hawking. They're brilliant. They're intelligent. They're, they have, like, some people they are very, very smart. But the only problem, they're stuck in their body. They cannot move their body. They cannot talk. Their mind is like, with the whole universe. They can do many things, but the only challenge is if we unlock their potential, they can talk, they can can communicate first, then they can do much thing with their ability. Then we can move on to another level, how to make them more independent, how to make them more engaged, how to help them to be employed. We want those people to be Active in society, to be engaged, to do more, not just for them, for everyone.
1: This is David. His background is in medical devices, in engineering and healthcare innovation. He is passionate about empowering people with physical challenges to live independently and making a great social impact. David has invented and developed many medical devices, such as adjustable dental instruments, wheelchairs that convert into a walker, a medical drone for emergencies, and a medical app tracking health for people with chronic diseases. He also built an autonomous personal transporter for wheelchair users that can convert a manual wheelchair into an electronic wheelchair. Loro is David's third company. He has received awards, nominations and news coverage from organizations such as MIT, Harvard University, ALSA, Harvard Innovation Lab, Fit for Start in Luxembourg, the Microsoft Imagine Cup and TechCrunch. Loro is an AI-powered, smart, personalized companion for wheelchair users to navigate safely and to communicate efficiently. A person with physical challenges can't interact with the world in the same way as the able, but there's no reason why we can't use tech to close that gap, and that inspired me, and hence I invited David to my podcast. We explore the challenges of creating solutions that are life-changing. What mindset do you need? What's the secret sauce to your approach? How do you make critical decisions? and how to make tangible progress and create something remarkable. By listening to this podcast, you will learn three things. Firstly, that there is no lack of good ideas. What separates you from doing something remarkable is in turning these ideas into solutions that matter. Secondly, why it is critical to get crystal clear on the real problem and what is its value proposition. If you don't get this right, you won't survive for long. Thirdly, how to remove bias. How to find ways to seek the truth, finding out what's right and what's wrong. Doing your homework here paves the path to your success. So hi David, thank you for making the time available today and be a guest on my podcast.
0: Hi, it's a pleasure to be here.
1: Yeah, this was all starting in a very interesting way just to give an update to my audience. You started to react on podcast number 100, give me a like, that's how we got connected, that's how I saw what you're doing and being a co-founder of a company called Loro, I got intrigued with what you do. And that's how things got into acceleration. So before we start and talk about the company and the product that you've developed with your company, a little bit about you. And what I always try to do is to summarize, well, let you summarize who you are. And let's say three words. What are the the things that set you apart?
0: (laughs) Okay. Sounds great. I like it. So three words. Like first, quite challenging, but I can say three words, curiosity, passion, and purpose. These are three words, but do you want me to speak a little bit about your sure. yeah. background Go about ahead. myself? So yeah, since I was a kid, I've always liked to innovate with great passion, great curiosity to discover and to invent things. I was really impressed by electronics. That's why I played a lot of, with electronics and games and everything. One thing happened when I was a kid. My uncle got into a spinal cord injury. So knowing someone as a full-time wheelchair user, I basically sparked my ideas to help someone like, like my uncle. Like at least like to make the wheelchair. I started with the simple idea how to make the wheel a little bit better, adding some better cushion, like very basic ideas based on my skills and background.
1: Yeah. But
0: when I, when I grew up, went to college, I was studying mechanical engineering. And then... I got inspired by Stephen Hawking, who is very well known everywhere. And he inspired me actually personally and professionally. And I do believe there are many people like Stephen Hawking out there. They're just missing accessible technology to be the next Stephen Hawking, to be the next engineer, designer, whatever they want to be. And I met many of them. After college, even after working with many startups in the Boston area, then I met someone his name is Steve Sailing. He's very well known in the New England area. He was diagnosed with ALS in 2006. He was a great landscape designer. Even he built a smart nursing home for people with disabilities. Someone with ALS, multiple sclerosis, and severe conditions. So they yep. can live in the very safe and good conditions with the special care. So basically Steve inspired all my background, starting from my uncle, Signing for Stephen Hawking and other people I met already. Then, uh, okay, I say like, I want to help you, Steve, and I want to help other people as well. I have uh, technical skills, like, tell me what you need, and uh, I'll help. One thing, Steve now, he cannot speak at all. He used to type every single letter, which is very frustrating, very slow. Sometimes he takes about 20 minutes just to speak one sentence. Wow. Very slow. And okay, I know technology, we can do something better. Then basically, Steve and I went to assistive technology conference at MIT in 2017. And that's where I met my co-founders. So basically we had relative friends with other conditions. Then we we said, okay, now we have common skills, common interests and common purpose. Let's do something together. So we started the idea just to help them to basically with navigation. Because they cannot move their necks to see what's around them, what's behind them. Let
1: me interrupt you here, because I know what you're doing, but my audience, I think, still doesn't have a real clue about what what it's about. So let's explain first, what is the big idea behind Loro in a couple of sentences? What have you created and why?
0: Yeah, so Loro is an assistive companion for people with communication and physical challenges to basically, one, to control the surrounding, two, to communicate much faster, and also connect them to uh, smart home devices so they can control all of that. And the okay. good news, they can do everything just by their eyes based on their ability or joystick or head mouse or other ability switches. Yeah.
1: yeah, and that's what I saw from your website and what intrigued me because, I mean, the main purpose of my podcast is about, I mean, the fantastic stories we can tell and the value we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. And I think yeah. that is exactly what's happening here. You, you give yeah. people with disabilities their abilities back with technology. That's fascinating.
0: One thing also to mention, I mentioned to you, like, there are many people like Stephen Hawking. They're brilliant. They're intelligent. They're, yeah. They have like, some people they are very, very smart. But the only problem, they're stuck in their body. They cannot exactly. move their body. They cannot talk. Their mind is like, with the whole universe they can do many things but the only challenge is if we unlock their potential they can talk they can, can communicate first yeah. then they can do much thing with their ability like regain like how to control how to move from the wheelchair or how to even turning on and off light or even simple tasks like tasks like okay let's start from the basic then we can move on to another level how to make them more independent how to make them more engaged how to help them to be employed because a lot of them suffer like now they're at home like waiting for help like yeah. i want to be the, like stephen hawking stephen hawking is he was a professor like yeah, true. it's not a, like a regular job no so, that's we want those people to be active in society to be engaged to do more not just for them for everyone
1: yeah that's true and that's what triggered me because, like I said, my audience is business audience. And, of course, your, your solution is way more, well, broader, applicable than just business because, at the end, it's about people's lives. Yes. But, indeed, what you're enabling here is that people that had a professional life, possibly got an accident or, in whatever way or form, they began, became disabled. And now you give them a way to get back and to add value to society and, and enjoy their lives again.
0: Yeah. One thing, I'll, just to mention, this is actually a spark. Something from my background and my passion, and since I was a kid. I love birds. Yeah. Birds are always my friends, like from like eagles, parrots, penguins, and all kinds of birds. And especially a parrot, I had a parrot when I was a kid. Yeah. And he was able to speak. So I know that ability very well. Also, as a companion, as a friend. One thing when we named the company Laurel, we had a discussion with the, with the whole team. I was still like trying to convince everyone in the team. Like I like the companionship, uh, like as a device, I, because I don't want to be very technical, especially as a name or as a brand. Yeah, I want this to be as a companion, and best companion can be a bird. Yeah, uh, one of them actually a parrot. We mentioned the idea to name the, uh, the name parrot, but one thing we know that there is a big company in drone called a Parrot. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, we don't want to make conflict because I can name my company now Apple or Google now that I don't want to be, uh, be in trouble or even in terms of branding and business. Okay, we can try other languages. Make it like even parrot is not really friendly name. We want like a pet name. Yeah. You know, people like they name their pets like dogs or cats, Coco or Zico, like very friendly name. Then, okay. exactly. then we try Spanish. What is Spanish? Spanish is Laurel l-o-r-o that sounds nice we can go in spanish and we name the company as a parrot in spanish
1: this is yeah that's what name. i saw and i mean for those on the, on the podcast because at the end it's an audio podcast but the product is actually a copy of a parrot yes
0: yeah we are mainly as a communication device and basically the device can speak for them now the device basically speak with the computer voice but down the road, we have a vision based on product generations. At one point, we want the product to speak their own voices. Exactly. And you can do this with all animals. Parrots can mimic your voice.
1: Exactly. And about- well, I mean, that's, uh, that's connecting you to, uh, to something else, someone else that I recently had on my podcast, Rupal Patel, who's really yeah, taking this whole the whole voice branding game to a completely new level. Yes. So I'm not sure whether you know her, but if not, get in contact because she can yes. uh, give your, yes. your product a, a voice. <laughs> so talking about, well, I, I think everybody is clear about what the opportunity is if you get this right, because it really helps people that are brilliant to become brilliant again by getting their abilities back. So you mentioned already it was 2017 when you got together with your co-founders. So the company is pretty new and pretty fresh. What did you do to your product that makes it remarkable in its own right? Because are there any products that are comparable in this space or is this something that's truly unique?
0: It's actually quite unique, and there is no direct competition at this moment. Okay. But if you want to have all the values that we're providing one compact device, you need to buy three, four devices. Okay. That's first of all. And not just that. We need to customize like, these devices to be compatible with each other and working together. That's like t- taking time and money and effort to do that. Yeah. That's one thing. In terms of how did we get from 2017 until now, it's so not like we are an early stage company, but based on my experience before, I, I had very strong background in robotics and medical devices. So I use that my knowledge. It's because this field is very relative. Assessive technology is very related to medical devices or robotics. And that's basically my background. Yeah. And the same thing with the, my co-founders, they, they helped me in. And, but I think the secret sauce, let's, let's put it this way. I think the secret sauce is basically following the holistic approach. What does it mean? So basically talking to everyone. I'm talking about end users, patients, talking about caregivers. I'm talking about doctors, assistive technology experts, medical professionals, community, even someone from outside, from inside, organizations, government, VA healthcare. We went to hospitals to talk with each one then getting feedback, getting that point from each one. When you follow that holistic approach with the customer discovery, you will find all the points that you need to build a product, to yeah. make a business. Because you will see not just like, if we're just speaking with the patient alone, like just the patient who is suffering from their disability, we will miss a lot. But we follow all like holistic, we, because I want to from this side and from the other side. From the yeah. other angle, each angle, 360 degree. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: So <laughs> well, what do you, for I example, thought. I mean, if you, if you speak only to, well, you're actually your end user. You said you missed a lot. Can you give an example of something that you would likely have missed? One thing based on our
0: product roadmap, our, our first generation is basically device meant for the patients, for communications, to talk with anyone. And usually, most of the time, they talk to ca- their caregivers, most of the time. But if we just build that, we're going to miss like a huge opportunity, which is how can we build an app or a product for the caregiver to manage their time? Because one of the challenges like caregiver they're facing is burnout. Uh Because usually taking care of their patient too much. They spend a lot of time, money, resources just to take care of their patients. And that's a huge one. Even the way how the patient and the caregiver are communicating if you're just looking from the one side, we will miss the, the, the other person. Like, yeah. and that's even from the communication level, even how you build your algorithms and communication platform. You have to know the other per- or other person. Like, are you talking just to a caregiver? What type of patient are you talking here, or are you talking with your kids, because they're or spouses, parents? We need to know each one. Like, who are you talking with? Like, even not just that, because the patient they have to talk with doctors at some point because they have, to be, they have their medical appointment. They have to talk with their therapist and not just one kind of therapist. Which I'm talking about different kind of therapists. We have speech therapist and we have occupational therapist and we have physical therapist, different kind of therapists, yeah. And each one, they talk differently.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's like the language that you have to embed sort of in the product again and the understanding yeah. of that. Yeah, understand exactly. that. I mean, these are things you would never think about. You know? it's, yeah, I agree with you, so you need to have that 360-degree view. So, when is, since when is the product on the market? Now we're in the beta testing at this moment.
0: Okay. So, the product will be ready, I think, in about six months from now yep. for, to deliver the, fi- the final product. Uh, in terms of the hardware, hardware is ready for manufacturing. Uh, now we build everything, just now just we can just scale up from hardware yep. perspective software we're trying with the beta testing to get all the latest feedback and fixing all the tiny bugs here and there yeah, and yeah, sure. deployment
1: what have you seen so far well from the feedback from your actual users from people that are disabled i mean what is an anecdote for example that you said you know this is why we're doing it
0: yeah i can mention one person actually He's actually one of my mentors. He lives with multiple sclerosis and he's a scientist. He went to Cornell and also Caltech in California, studying engineering. And now he is living in the wheelchair, even he cannot speak. One day after we implement the eye tracking with our system, so can, yeah. they basically, we can just use their eyes and control the software and the hardware. I was super happy, excited. I went from Harvard Innovation Lab right away to, to him because he's a technical person, like, at uh, the end of the day, not just a disabled, because his, his feedback will be very important. Yeah, sure. I was super happy. Then, okay, I went there. Then, I, I hey, this is the device ready to go. You can now control it just by their eyes. Tell me what you think. He was playing with the, with the app, and he was super happy. And one thing, I looked to his eyes at one moment, because I like to have a personal connection, not just, like, it's not just business here. He was super happy and excited, and he was about to cry. I saw that in his eyes. And I felt deep down in my heart that I'm doing something here. And it doesn't matter, it's a business, it's whatever. I am changing lives here. I felt like this is a purpose. This is a passion to work with. I said, thank you, and then I went straight back to the lab and talked with my team. I told him, hey, he was super happy. He was about to cry, and then now I felt this is deep inside my heart, and I want to help him and other people no matter exactly.
1: what. Yeah, that's and true. that's like
0: one thing like I had like during user testing. That's one example. I have another example when we did when we did user testing with a woman who is I think about 90 years old, mm-hmm. and she's also a wheelchair user. She told us, Laura can help me to be more independent. I don't want to be asking and humiliation and by asking other people, could you do this for me? Or even turning the light or like simple task because I feel so bad. I want to be able to do that by myself. I want to feel like independence, like kind of freedom. This is going to save me from any disrespect from anyone. Exactly. That's very true. And we want to continue with that.
1: You forget about it.
0: Yeah, and the same thing. Steve Sailing, I, I mentioned him. He said like we are the first company who's bringing AI machine learning for people with disability to be interact with the world. And basically, Laurel
1: is a game changer.
0: And wow. one day he, he said like Laurel is super damn cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I mean that's what I saw, and that's why I invited you in the first place. Talking about you know running a business, creating a product, and of course the ideas. Is- is, is how it all starts. But then it's, of course, making it all happen. What has been your, your biggest challenge so far? And how did you overcome that? I mean,
0: first of all, as a, st- a startup early stage, you have many challenges. First of all is the funding. So we don't have much funding to move and make some tractions. We try our best to use whatever we have from we won many awards and grants yeah. from many competitions. It took us quite sometimes more than a year, like the whole 2018 and few months in 2019 until we get the first check from the first angel investor. So it took us like, like funding was quite challenging. True. Not just us, for any startup, like that's sure. like something. The other challenge from the technology, which is we are dealing with a lot of people with different kind of conditions. Some people, they can move their head. Some people, they can speak. speak. Some people, they can't speak. So you don't have like one persona and yeah, and I can build one product and that's it. So, and that's like bringing more technical challenge for us to build, like to be compatible and make them, all of them happy. But then we decided to break this down into phases. Phase one, which is basically very severe condition who cannot speak at all. That's what we're targeting at this moment
1: let me make a small interruption here David just made a critical remark about the choices he made to phase his product in order to deliver remarkable value for his ideal customer not all at once but one challenge at a time and this addresses two critical traits of a remarkable software business they create new value possibilities and they focus on the essence and I discuss this in far more depth in chapter 5 and 7 in my book the remarkable effect if you seek to level up in this area I recommend you to buy a copy of my book. The good thing is, you will not only learn how to create new value possibilities or how to focus on the essence, you will also learn about all the other traits that make up a remarkable software business. You can find my book on all the portals where they sell books online. Back to the interview.
0: Then phase two, we can target more people with more, less conditions. They can speak and they need more features that like control into the smart home and connectivity and other, other sides. They don't need the communication much. They need it at a certain level. But if you're talking now with people with disability with cognitive issues, honestly, we're not ready for them. In the future, yeah. we'll try to do something for them. But we're not ready at all to and like break down the technology and break down the product into phases. And different generations help us to target people one by one, making baby step first. And yep. making progress, traction. Then we move to the, the second, and that's I how understand. how we able to make some tractions.
1: Yeah, I mean, in my book, I write about that as well. And you know, it's about one of the traits that I see in, as a re, for remarkable software companies is about yeah creating new value possibilities, which is what you do. But the another trait that I also see as a very important one is you know how you can focus on the essence. And from what I've heard so far from all the people that I've interviewed, and also from my own experience, sometimes you just go too wide, and wide is okay. But if you don't go deep enough, at the end you you end up with something that doesn't work for anybody. So here's a good example of what you just did is focus on one particular area. Don't pretend that you're the best for everybody, but focus that in a remarkable way. And then move move it sideways. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Interesting. Talking about the book that I wrote, The Remarkable Effect, always interesting to hear from people that are in the space itself. What do you believe is a trait that you need to have in order to create something remarkable as a a company?
0: I think two things. If you have passion, like very strong passion, unique, pure passion, that's like one thing you have to. And to make it remarkable, it has to be with a good purpose. And what's the purpose of that? What is the purpose of your technology or your product or whatever you're trying to make? If you have a great purpose, it's gonna be remarkable, of course.
1: Yeah, because at the end, you're solving a, a big problem. I mean, this is something that is of a size that you possibly can't even imagine yet, simply because there are so many people that suffer from this in the first place. And if yeah. you can solve this, this is not around Boston. This is around, this is globally and exactly. interesting. So talking about, for example, that whole go-to-market aspect, I mean, my first podcast was with a guy called Mauricio Vecchione. And he was talking about the principle of catalytic invention. And it was about three things. Solving the issue around applicability, accessibility, and affordability. Talking about, well, you create your solution, which of course is something that's about technology and it's about people giving people yeah, a life back. But have you thought about, or have you already kind of overcome the idea of, okay, how are you going to help people, for example, in, in Africa with this, in countries that you know, don't have that monetary bandwidth? Is this something that you're going to do through NGOs or, I mean, how are you going to spread this around the world?
0: Yeah, so first, like, to be realistic. So we're targeting here, like, because we are here in the U.S., we'll focus now in the U.S. market. Down the road, definitely, we need to work with NGOs, with even uh, United Nations and other organizations globally to be able to deliver technology to other countries. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah. but if you have an sta- established healthcare system, then it's going to be easier. But if you don't have, like, a great healthcare system, Definitely, we need to work with the global organization. Yeah, exactly.
1: yeah, that's interesting. So you're still in your beta phase. Let me see. So there's no experience yet with, with getting it into, into the market, selling it. You're just working with, with of course, the, the early users of this. Well, I mean, we're getting also to the top of the hour or the, the bottom of the hour in this case. From everything that you've learned so far, creating the company, getting to your, well, to your beta phase, testing the whole thing. From the things that you've learned, what advice would you give tech entrepreneurs that want to achieve something like this, to do different, to think different? Of course, you had touched already upon passion and purpose, but anything well that you would advise them? I have many things to share. <laughs> what is the best advice you got yourself that you say, hey, wait a minute, this is something that everybody needs to know?
0: I think in terms of ideas, everybody can make ideas. You and I can brainstorm for 10 minutes. We can Came up with like another invention or idea too. True, there is no lack of ideas. I think what is lack is how to use some ideas and turn that into something great as a product, as a company, for example, for profit or non-profit. That's the, that's the thing. So like no, like I think like for entrepreneurs especially, you need to understand what's the problem exactly. True. What are you solving exactly? Is it a real problem or just you invented this? Or maybe it's not like, it's not really a problem or not a big wild problem. So you need to understand what's the problem exactly. And what's the value proposition based on your proposed solution? If you don't understand your value proposition, what are you giving to people? You're gonna miss a lot. And even your company might not survive. You can survive for a few months or a few years, then next you you will die. Customer discovery, it's crucial. Don't be afraid. Don't rush things. Make your time. Take your time. Spend your time. Making sure you are following the holistic approach. Talking with all stakeholders. Everyone involved in, in the pictures. If you are developing something with aviation, you have to talk with everyone in the aviation. Even from military, civilian, everything. If you're talking to Abbas about disability, we talk we talk with with government, NGOs, we talk with many NGOs, True. even though we're still not ready for them. But at one point, I know I'm gonna reach them. I need True. to understand their point of view because I might do something even with the tech, small changes to help me to have a good partnership with them in the future. All small details, don't say like, no, I'm ready to go or like, I did like 10 user testing and I'm I'm really happy and, and also don't be biased. Some people, they do user testing, like in very in one district and one city, and oh, I'm happy. Okay, did it like we did testing in cities, suburbs, outside, different ages. Then then we came up with our equation. True. So doing all the homeworks. Some people did one homework I'm, I'm outside. No, it's yeah. like basically kind of research. You have to be non-biased. You have to seek truth to be able to find what is
1: right or what is wrong variable advice and that's uh, i think a lot of very good ideas sometimes well fail in a big way yeah because at, at the end the feedback will come anyway and if the feedback from the customer is like yeah a good idea but not for me and it's a big investment down the drain so what is next for you what is your greatest aspiration for this to be in 12 months or 24 months time for us as a company yeah
0: I think the biggest thing for us is getting the first generation ready and trying to change lives and uh, making smiles for all these people, patients, end users and caregivers and improving their lives. That's what we are
1: looking for uh, Yeah. next. That's where the purpose comes in again. Exactly. The mission you're on. (laughs) Well, uh, if there's anything you could ask the audience, I mean, the audience is typically a lot of tech entrepreneurs, of course, people in the services industry in various categories of seniority. If you could ask one thing, what would it be? What would you like help with?
0: I think we would like to help us with whatever you can. If you can go to our website, Loro.xyz, and check our mission, check what are we doing. If you can help us with partnerships, if you can help us with users, if you can help us with uh, even funding, help us with uh, feedback, we'd yeah. would love, would love to hear from you. Check us, and we're always happy to hear from you from everywhere, all Perfect. around the world.
1: Yeah. So how can people get in contact with you?
0: You can just email me. My email is very
1: simple, david at loro.xyz. Okay. I like the website, by the way, the XYZ part.
0: (laughs) Yeah. XYZ, like all dimensions. (laughs)
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was pretty inspiring and I'm glad we got to talk and share the big idea behind your company. I learned a lot. I hope my audience did the same. And thanks for your time.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much.
1: It was a pleasure for me as well. And that leads me to turn myself to my audience. Thanks for listening and please share what your thoughts are about this episode. If you have any comments or have any questions, let us know. And if you like it, please share it with other tech entrepreneurs on a mission that you have in your network. Other than that, thanks for tuning in. I had the honor to speak to David Hoya, co founder and chief innovation officer at Loro. As said, the goal that I have in this podcast is twofold. Firstly, to inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. And secondly, share experiences from tech entrepreneurs like you about what is required to create a remarkable software business and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. Before I close, I have two more comments to make. If you know other tech entrepreneurs on a mission that have a story worth sharing, please send me an email at ton.dobby at valueinspiration.com. Building the momentum all starts with revealing the ideas. And that starts with you. And if you want to know more about my book, or you're interested in joining the Remarkable Effect Tribe, please visit my website at www.valueinspiration.com. Thanks for tuning in. And you could do me a big favor by rating the podcast on iTunes or provide me with your feedback directly. I'll see you shortly on a new episode.
0: You've got questions. We've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast